they're reliant on CGS. This movie Did you is- say CGS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. CGI. What the hell is CGS? Computer graphics systems. <laughs> yeah. CGI? Stop making me laugh. <laughs> okay, C- CGI. <laughs> From Rosemary's Baby and Reagan McNeil to Jason, Freddy, and Chucky to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we can't get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath-quickening, or soul-stealing, we are ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards, and with me in the studio are my co-hosts, Ann Conley. Yo ho, me hearties. <laughs> and Helen Stewart. Hello. For new listeners, this will be our format for this episode. First, I'm going to introduce the movie we're going to be reviewing. Next, Anne's going to take us through our recommended drink pairing for the evening. Uh, Then we're going to run through our expectations going into the watch. Next, we'll play the trailer and review the movie in roughly chronological order. After that, Helen's going to take us through Kill, Chill, and Thrill. And finally, we will wrap up with our ratings. So tonight, we are reviewing the 2012 American anthology horror film, VHS, Created by Brad Miska and Bloody Disgusting, it features a series of found footage shorts written and directed by Adam Wingard, David Bruckner, Ty West, Glenn McQuaid, Joe Swanberg, and the filmmaking collective Radio Silence. The film debuted at the 2012 Sundance Film Festival in January and released on demand on August 31st in 2012. The film made its limited theatrical premiere in the United States on October 5th, 2012. It spawned two sequels, VHS 2 and VHS Viral, and a spinoff, Siren, as well as a miniseries on Snapchat's Snap Originals platform. All right, Anne, why don't you take us into our drink pairing for this movie? All right, so in Anne's Addictions this evening, we are pairing this film with a really filthy organic Cabernet Sauvignon called Badger Mountain Certified Organic Cab Sav. So this is a 27 Cab Sav from Columbia Valley. As the pioneering organic wine grower in Washington State's famed Columbia Valley, Badger Mountain Vineyard brings over 30 years of devotion and experience to this bottle. Each is crafted to reflect our ongoing commitment to responsible farming and our dedication to the creation of high quality wines that show the purest expression of exceptional fruit. So all I can say is for skeptics, Badger Mountain wines, yeah, this doesn't sound really palatable, right? Doesn't No, it definitely <laughs> does, sounds filthy. Doesn't yeah, filthy, right? Doesn't sound super yummy. But what I can, what I can say is, you know, this organic cab salve is super yum. You're not going to get the sulfates. You're not going to get the headache. It's good. And, you know, it's quite honestly some good painkiller as you watch this movie. <laughs> Which we'll get into it in a minute. All right. Well, I guess we should go with our expectations next. Why don't we start with Helen this time? What are your expectations going into this movie? So we had talked about this before that Ray wanted to choose this movie several times. So I knew it was an anthology I didn't really know what it was about, so I didn't, you know, getting into it, wasn't really sure what to expect. Yeah. Wow. Helen, you're like light years away from me because I did not remember that this was an anthology at all. Um, Going into this, okay, going into this, I remembered that Ray had seen this before. So all I could think was, 
it's got to be halfway decent because he's seen it before. He's choosing it again. So that's got to really, you know, give this good movie a vote of confidence for its authenticity, for its scariness levels, for its production value. Like, it's going to be good. So quite candidly, those were my (laughs) expectations going into it. Whether it delivered or not, we shall get to in a moment. You know what's funny? Because Ray thought, Ray's seen this movie before. (laughs) And so it must be pretty good. Um, I saw this movie back in 2012 or 2013, and I remember being conflicted about it when I saw it. Subsequently, I saw VHS 2, which I think maybe I was confusing this movie for a little bit. But I know Helen has a strict rule on no sequels before original. So regardless, I was going to have to go through this movie to get to part two. (laughs) That's true. That is very true. But I thought... um, Thank you, Helen. (laughs) You're welcome. It's only appropriate. (laughs) So my main thought around this was, although it's found footage and I'm not a found footage fan, I remember thinking the vignettes, the anthology part of it, the fact that these were about 20 minute you know, episodes of different types of horror, I thought those were a really good way to tell a horror story. That's what I remembered. On the rewatch, we'll, we'll get into it, but that and, was my expectation going in. And can I just add on by saying the fact that Ray hates found footage so much and the fact that he also chose this movie i was like damn this has got to be good yeah that's what ray thought too when <laughs> ray thought about what he thought when he saw this movie a while ago whenever ray picks a movie i get a little hesitant oh no do you yeah bram stoker's dracula has everyone do for me <laughs> hey hey bram stoker's is awesome go listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it i mean helen dogs on it but i'll tell you what i think i think Dracula's moving up in the rankings tonight. That's what I think. I don't know. We shall see. You know, so all right. So officially race pick. We shall get into it. Yep. Okay. Well, let's let's roll the trailer in and we'll go. All right. Here we go. It's trailer time and action. Okay, here's the deal. We gotta break into this house, and all we have to do is steal this one VHS tape. All right, so generally we go through the movie pretty chronologically. 
But in this movie, since it's a set of different stories, and one of them is the wraparound frame narrative um, called Tape 56, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to hit each one of them as the wiki calls them out, and we'll talk about them instead of talking about the framing narrative at the beginning and the end, if that's okay with you both. All right. Okay, let's do it. So the frame narrative focuses on a criminal gang who filmed their exploits, which includes smashing the walls and windows of an abandoned house and sexually assaulting a woman in a parking lot. An anonymous source offers them a large sum of money to break into a house and steal a single VHS videotape. The gang is eager to expand their criminal enterprises and accepts the task. Entering the house, the criminals find an old man sitting dead in front of several televisions playing white noise. Feeling free to roam the house, they discover hundreds of unmarked VHS tapes and set about collecting them to ensure that they retrieve the right one. One of the criminals stays behind in the TV room with a dead body to watch Amateur Night. Left in the VCR, the contents of this tape and the four subsequent ones comprise the bulk of the film, with the action cutting back to the criminal's efforts between each short. As the frame narrative progresses, the gang encounters a strange figure moving around the basement, which appears to be the old man. Glimpses of the TV room demonstrate that, unknown to the criminals, the man's body disappears at one point, only to reappear in the exact position. Similarly, the criminals return to the TV room to find that the first viewer has disappeared, prompting the next, Zach, to continue watching the tapes himself. After the ending of The Sick Thing That Happened to Emily when she was younger segment, Gary returns to the TV room to discover that Zach's disappeared as well. He's the only person left, and the old man's body is gone. Searching the rooms upstairs, he finds the decapitated remains of Zach and is subsequently attacked by the old man who is now a zombie. The terrified leader flees downstairs where he falls and is killed by the zombie. The frame narrative ends with the camera left in the TV room, picking up the sound of the VCR starting the 103198 tape by itself. Jeez, Ray. That was a a lot. That was a lot, yeah. Um, I mean, long and short of it is they break into this house to find a VHS tape, and they they watch all the other stories, and that's pretty much they all die. Yeah, they watch the vignettes. Yeah. And then, like, the the story in the house comes back to haunt them type of thing. Yeah. I I mean, can I say, so look, I picked this movie, and I turned it on, and within two minutes, I was like, fuck. (laughs) Because... I'm like, this is everything I hate about found footage. It's just so shaky, and I can't tell what's going on. And look, I'm going to word use the word dude bro or bro dog about a thousand times in this episode, and I apologize. Dude. But this whole movie is just filled with freaking the, bro dogs. The whole, oh. the whole is it, it's a hot dog festival. Right? Yeah, it's not. It's and he, just it, a whole bro show. And the these guys are like thing through and through. Yeah, and these guys are like white boy criminals oh. right like vandals that have gotten beyond vandalism so the they accost this woman well this couple let, let, in a just, parking garage let's just say if you hate white boys please don't watch this movie it will just exacerbate the issue yeah no it, i mean it's funny because i i i wonder <laughs> you know with this movie if you go back and watch it after me too and and all that if there's a, a different sort of view on a lot of what's different what's in it it's still offensive no matter how you roll it so my take on it is what they were doing was absolutely horrendous and horrible but at least they got what was coming to them for the most part like even the people in the vignettes you know like for the most part ish those guys got what was coming to them that's a nice way to look at the silver lining (laughs) yeah always look at the positive (laughs) but you know what's weird about that i i agree with you they the people did largely get what was coming to them, but there was something about, I don't know if it's found footage, and because it's not so much a framed like narrative that's trying to drive home the point that these guys were getting what was coming. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like 
they got what was coming to them, that they you know, realized it. I don't know. I just didn't yeah, they feel did that have way. Like a lessons learned type scenario. They just died, but yeah. you know, at least they died. You know, I feel like if you look at Blair Witch or a lot of these found footage situations, you really empathize with these guys as protagonists until they're killed because they're being hunted down, right? It's a found footage. You're terrified with them and then eventually they're killed and it's horrible. In this situation, it was really the inverse. You have a bunch of dicks running around, smashing buildings, being at total assholes. And you're just like, I don't like any of these guys. What the fuck are we watching? Ray, what did you sign us up for? Yeah, well, and, and I mean, just to go back to the to the framing <laughs> to the framing narrative, I mean, what they're doing is they're filming women. They're pulling up women's shirts or oh, pulling down women's so shirts offensive. and videotaping their boobs and then selling it for $50 a pop, which honestly, how much time and effort did it take to track down this woman? It was four of them. They're making what, 50 cents a an hour? I thought it was a prank to begin with. I thought they had targeted, I thought they knew this dude and he I, was I like, agree. they were jealous of the girlfriend and they were targeting her or they were targeting him. And then you kind of come to realize that this is an act of randomness, which makes it even worse. And you're just like, these are the dregs of society. Just kill them now and I will so, be happy. So I have a question. How do you think the casting call went for the girl who gets to scream and have her boobs shown on tape. Like, was I, it like, look, I need you to scream and then pull up your yeah, shirt yeah. and let's see I, how it goes. I think it was uh, body casting more than anything oh. else. You know, I hate to say it, but when they shot that scene, I don't know if you guys picked up on the same, but I really felt like the uh, vocal, like the audio, she wasn't scared. <laughs> she sounded excited. Was that awful to say? But like, I, I wasn't paying attention in, to the audio in, in the audio. <laughs> Ray's like, I was just looking at the boobs. Well, it was only like one boob, I think. No, they for were her. both out. I couldn't. No, they were I mean, both I out. I don't know. Yeah. Let me tell you. And shaky. that's why I thought you picked the film. It was freaking shaky okay, cam. Can, can I honestly say, in the first, I don't know, sixty to one twenty seconds, I was like, it's a porn wrapped in a horror movie, and that's why Ray chose it. Well, listen, it's not that I wouldn't. <laughs> Watch a porn wrapped in a horror movie. I mean, I think that's an excellent idea, but this movie, it's not any one of them. It's the culmination of all of them adding up to this like misogynistic, aggressive. All the dudes want to go out and watch this now. Is, is all I can say. It's like dudes are like, oh man, like sexy, like boobs and porn, and like you just not but, all the boobs but, were but, good. I'll but, throw that out there. Well, that's fair, but I mean, <laughs> true, true, hashtag truth. But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, there was like a lot of pornography that I felt like that went into this, and it was unnecessary, and it was misogynistic, and I was let's just say offended by the by it as a whole. Okay, well let's stick let's stick with this particular one. We'll get into each of the pieces of misogyny as we get to them so but so these guys so here's the other thing i don't understand so they're back in their area and they're like yeah we get 50 dollars a pop for these boob videos and mustache man gary shot yeah mustache man gary the mature one or the older one or whatever i love the mustache at least you could tell him apart and he's like he's like hey he's like i know this guy that'll pay us a lot of money to go steal a vhs tape and they get to the house and he doesn't know what vhs tape Right. Like, I don't know. How did that conversation go? He meets this mysterious man. The man goes, hey, you know, I'll pay a lot of money if you steal this VHS tape at this house. Okay, can you give me the address? I'll just go right now. Like, the follow-up's not, well, how do I know what VHS tape it is? 
Like at some point anything? they said, you'll know which one when you find it. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. What yeah. Is that? Does that even make but any sense? We yeah. don't ever get that information. Like we don't see it. I have so many questions with this film that just are not answered. Well, yeah, they don't have answers. I don't think it's like. But it's like it would have. I don't know. Like, is that what was supposed to make this so creepy? Is that you didn't have the answers? Well, this because is they were no, such that kid's a dumbass. He, he, you know, um, we'll make oh, 50 bucks a pop. You know, this dude offered me five thousand dollars. Who even knows for what? We didn't you'll, know how you, much. You, you'll know it when you see it, right? Right, you don't know how much, but let's just assume it's five thousand dollars for like stealing this. All right, you're you're gonna go into this dude's house, you're gonna break in, you're gonna know it when you see it. Really, those are the details for five thousand dollars. You're gonna break into some dude's house with him al- theoretically alive. Looking for some supposed VHS tape. VHS tape in 2012. Let's, oh, man. I don't even want to cross that bridge right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so I, I didn't find this whole thing super scary. I mean, the part where they go in and the guy's old man's quote unquote dead on the on the chair. I thought, yeah, okay, when the guy sits in front and you can see the cameras pointing towards him and the old man sitting in the back of the I was, I was like, okay, that's a little creepy. But the old man also just looked like he was asleep. Right. And the only thing they did was like, oh, he smells. Okay, but like nobody made sure he was dead. Like I felt like he didn't look dead enough. They they definitely were not the brightest bulbs in the box. <laughs> so I'm not surprised <laughs> they didn't go to check him out, nor nor would I want to. But then you you walk into this house, there's nothing there. You go upstairs, you find dead man sitting in a recliner in front of like six TVs on white noise. What the F? Like, okay. why uh, any of that? All right, and, and I've just got to be an asshole for a moment. Like, isn't the very first thing you do go to those white screen TVs and see the fucking VCR hooked up to them and eject the fucking tape? Exactly. What was he watching? Oh, this must be the tape. End of story. Like, the whole premise just annoyed me that these idiots went in there and they're like, there are all these empty VHS shells on the floor. We got to check those out. And then eventually the dude ejects the one VHS that the dude was supposedly watching. You're like, no, no, that would be the first thing you do. You get the fucking tape and then you leave. Congratulations. You just made your bounty. Yeah. I mean, it's confusing because they have the tapes that are in the room with the TVs. And then two of them would go downstairs to the basement and find a shit ton more of tapes. And they decide we're going to put those all in like a bag and take them with us. That but was then, a crate. But when it? they go up, whatever it is, when they go up, they don't decide just to take those other tapes and stick them in the freaking crate and leave. They're like, oh, yeah, you stay here and watch what's on this other random tape. But I go try to find the other guys that disappeared. Dude, just get all the tapes. Either try to find your buddies or get the F out. I think like having watched scary stories and tell in the dark and seeing how they presented those anthologies, but you still kind of had that kind of like you know feeling towards the cast like you had said previously like and just not getting it here with this like you didn't get any details about any of these people's like other lives like it just it would have worked better for me as just a bunch of stories like leave out that tie-in okay well let's move on to amateur night the first um vignette that they watch Shane, Patrick, and Clint are three friends who have rented a motel room to fulfill Shane's intent of bringing women back for sex Clint's glasses have been outfitted with a hidden camera that will allow them to turn their planned encounter into an amateur porn video. While the three men are bar hopping, Clint encounters a mysterious young woman, Lily, who appears unusually shy and says little other than, I like you. In addition to picking up Lily, the men also succeed in convincing another young woman, Lisa, to return to their motel with them. 
Lisa passes out as Shane attempts to initiate sex, and Patrick, laughing, discourages him from continuing. Lily continues awkwardly coming on to Clint, but a dejected Shane comes on to Lily instead, oblivious to the scales visible on her feet as he undresses her. Lily appears responsive, pushing Shane onto his back and then beginning to undress Clint, seemingly beginning a threesome. Overwhelmed, Clint goes to the bathroom. Patrick disrobes and attempts to take Clint's place, but Lily has made it clear that she dislikes Patrick. Moments later, Patrick bursts into the bathroom, claiming Lily bit him. When they approach Shane, Lily sprouts fangs, attacks, and kills him. Clint and Patrick hide in the bathroom until Patrick, still nude, arms himself with a shower curtain rod and returns to the room. Clint tries to wake Lisa, and Patrick attempts to fight Lily, but she subdues him, drinks his blood, and rips off his genitals. Clint escapes, but ends up falling down a stairwell and breaks his wrist in the process. Lily catches up to Clint, but instead of attacking him, she attempts Felicio. Finding Clint awake, she crawls over to a corner and cries softly, which gets louder and turns into a horrific growl. Clint flees, begging bystanders for help, but he's suddenly lifted into the sky by Lily, who is transformed into a winged creature. This reveals that she is a succubus who was on the hunt. The glasses fall off Clint's face and hit the ground before the video cuts out. The whole glasses thing I thought was ridiculous. Like, oh, we're going to have these super high-tech glasses to go hit on girls to try to videotape them having sex? Listen, never underestimate the lengths, apparently, that men will go through to tape sex. Because that's like at least two of these vignettes are about taping sex. Right, or trying to tape. Trying to tape sex. I... I don't, and then just meeting that girl where she's like, I thought she was cat-like at first. Didn't pick up that she was a succubus until like later when I think I read something and she, I was like, oh, that's what she was. Yeah, I don't think you were supposed to know exactly what she was. I thought she was a harpy or something crazy I like that. She it didn't was a matter. Vampire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was she was a creature. I mean, it's okay. You, what she is specifically, I don't yeah, know. But fair. I did like the fact yeah, that like you see the line on her face. Yeah, that was at cool. the beginning, and then later on she like. Cracks yeah. open or whatever. I don't yep. know. That was cool. So that was cool. Right. Okay. All I thought was thinly veiled porno. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't think they were trying to make a, a, a porn movie because they didn't actually have sex. I mean, he takes her clothes off and she's naked. But I'll tell you what I was worried about because I had kind of forgotten this, this story. So when they have the other girl, Lisa, and she's on the bed and she passes out. And I'm like, oh, God, please, please don't have these guys like try to take her clothes off and like date rape, rape her date rape her i'm like oh yeah. so it was totally going there. well the only saving grace for these the two guys in it the bro dogs Dick and Watts. the hyena guy that laughs all the time is basically that they both were like oh she passed out too bad and they moved on they didn't try to do anything to her even though she was passed out i mean that guy had like a little anger issue though and i thought yes. that was like so just ridiculous yes like, you, you passed out. I'm not getting late. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's not an attitude that... You know what? I was so mad about this whole thing. And this is, like, where the whole thing started to sour because I was already like, wow, this is a very, very thinly veiled porno. And then you're getting into this. Then I'm just having flashbacks to my 20s and, like, you know, frat packs and, like, all the dick shit that they pull. And you're just like, wow, I'm not surprised at all. And I was like, here we go. Like, date rape. Go for it. And, you know, that's where I was surprised that... You know, they didn't go to that level. So on some level, relieved, but on a converse level, to your point, Helen, was just like everything but. I mean, he's the alpha male and he's drunk and horny and he wants to have sex. And I I don't think it's unrealistic that he would turn to her. I think it might be 
maybe unrealistic that, I don't know, she's a succubus. I guess she's okay with it. She was down with him, too, to some extent. She didn't like Patrick. She didn't like right. the laughing boy. That was, I think, the problem. I think that, you know, Shane, the main guy, or Clint and Shane and her could have maybe had a good time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she kills him at the end anyway. I'm not really sure how all that works with the succubus, but... Uh, yeah, I thought they, like, sucked her souls or something through sex. Sucked something for yeah. through sex. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's some mm-hmm. sort of sucking. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just... I. And then I'm not a man, and I've never been in the position where I'm in a room full of a bunch of people, and some of them are trying to have sex in a very open area. But like, are you really going to potentially have a th- like foursome? I guess really with three male dudes and a female. It just everyone just seemed really okay with the situation that I was just like, this is not okay. Well, I think the three of the they're they're friends. Right, supposedly. Yeah, but that's really, and really close. Friends. Well, they're drunk, and I think and they're going out. And one of them's really to... like the weaker, more pathetic Be- looking beta male. Yeah, I don't even know if I call him beta zeta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just looked nerdy, like he doesn't get a lot of dates, and for yeah. some reason they gave him the glasses because he was going to score. I yeah. didn't understand that, or they were trying to help him, or hope like, that he would. Yeah, they were like, I felt like it was a pity of him, like we're trying to get you laid. I did think. The running and him like trying to escape and then falling and breaking his wrist and her coming up to him and her face being all kind of crazy. Like minus the found footage craziness of it, which annoyed me. Like I like the bones of that, you know? Ugh. And then she's really, I mean, she's, she, he's trying to give him a blowjob basically because she still likes him. Ugh. And and he's obviously not into it. That's why she gets upset because he's not respond. His body is not responding because he's done broke his wrist and the bones sticking out. And I don't. At that point, you're 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 not. Well, and she's you're not getting eating there. his bros. No shit. Yeah, I know. He's but I mean, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but he runs and then she like flies away with him, which I think is okay. I think it's a pretty cool thing. You're like, holy crap, he's in the air, and you know that's it, to me. It, like it was getting interesting when it ended. All I right, guess. I hate to be an asshole, but I hated it all. Yeah, I'd have to say all. this is my least favorite. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it was my favorite, but, you know, I'm looking at the positive okay. aspects of it. The, okay, okay. Yeah, I know I, I really hate to be a Debbie Downer. I'm so sorry. But, like, what I did like, to your point, was I liked her makeup. I thought when she came down, she looked like the succubus. I thought that was cool. I was right. like, okay, good makeup, to your point. Like, the line down her face. And now she looks transformative. Like, her character was cool at that point. Everything else, I, I didn't care for <laughs> The the other thing is, because this is the first tape that you are watching, at what point wouldn't you have stopped the film to say, what the fudge is happening here? Like, I just thought I wouldn't have watched the whole thing and been like, okay, moving on to the next tape. Didn't, didn't the guys yeah. disappear between each tape, though? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, you don't so know I, that the guy yeah. ever even got I You know, I kind of think I might have been confused thinking he was in the first two. Yeah, yeah, But maybe yeah. it was a thought, switching of guys and you just didn't know because you didn't know them well enough. No, I thought the same. I thought the first, the second, it was the same guy because, I mean, but again, I didn't understand that it was supposed to be this anthology and theoretically people were supposed to be killed between each one, but I, I, think I so. didn't, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, because there were three guys, there were three guys that disappeared between three of the movies because the last guy died and then the last one played. So it had to have been that way, right? I think they did. Either way, it doesn't. It's okay. Either way, I hated it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, on to the second vignette uh, called Second Honeymoon. A married couple, Sam and Stephanie, travel to Arizona for their second honeymoon. They visit a Wild West-themed attraction where Stephanie receives a prediction from a mechanical fortune teller, which claims that she will soon be reunited with a loved one. 
That evening, off camera, a woman comes to Sam and Stephanie's motel room and awkwardly tries to convince Sam to give her a ride the next day. In the middle of the night, while the couple are asleep, someone breaks into the room, turns on the camcorder, and films stroking Stephanie's buttocks with a switchblade. The intruder then steals $100 from Sam's wallet and dips his toothbrush in the toilet. The next day, on their way to visit the Grand Canyon, Sam notices the missing money and accuses Stephanie of taking it, but she assumes he's joking. That night, someone enters the room again and repeatedly stabs Sam in the neck with a switchblade, filming him as he chokes on his own blood and dies. The camera then shows the killer, the woman from earlier, cleaning the blade while she and Stephanie make out passionately, revealing that the woman was Stephanie's lover. The recording cuts to Stephanie asking her lover if she has erased the footage. Okay, this was my favorite, which is not saying a lot, but unfortunately, (laughs) this was my favorite vignette. So here's what I liked about it was, sadly, you had a seemingly decent male lead. Um, He wasn't perfect, but he was an okay guy. And I love that they they were road tripping across America and... um, uh, actually, I love the vignettes that they showed actually of, uh, right, like Monument Valley and the visas that they showed. And I felt like to a certain extent, they really showed the inner workings of a relationship that it's not perfect. You don't always agree. You have like sort of this embedded resentment occasionally across like, against one another. And like all that you were like, oh shit, like that's very real. Like I appreciate that. Um, and then they incorporated this element of this creepy girl coming and knocking on the door, which you're like, I, I, I don't know where we're going with that. But what I will say is, for me, the only scary part of this entire movie was in this little snapshot where all of a sudden that camcorder is picked up by a third party and you don't realize it. You think it's the girlfriend picking up the camera and videotaping the boyfriend And then all of a sudden you see the camera turn on the girlfriend and you're like, oh my God, this is a third person holding the camera, home invasion, what are they going to do? And you don't know who it is at that time. Yeah, like you go back to that first time that she goes in there to steal the money and you realize like the girlfriend focuses on locking that door. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how the hell did this person get in there? And then- how horrible is it that you take the toothbrush and put it in a toilet bowl? That really bothers me. That hurt me inside. And then you see him the next morning brushing his teeth and you're like, oh my God. I would say this was not my favorite either. But I I thought I liked it. And then I think it, because she ended up being the scumbag, I was like, ugh. You know, because they didn't get what was coming to them. They just killed the poor guy. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree with Anne. I think the one authentically disturbing part of this movie was that scene where you're realizing it's a third person filming because you're like holy shit you know what's going on uh and and then i think it's undercut somewhat by the toothbrush in the toilet thing because that seems petty and weird you're like why would they do that it's a prankish sort of thing even the person had a switchblade um i'll also say that when they stab him in the neck you're just like what like you aren't expecting it to escalate that quickly right um but then like yeah then it's like there's a woman they're like making out and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, this woman knocked on the door to get a ride. What was the original plan? Like, I none of it doesn't make any sense to me. And did the guy really deserve to die because he wanted to film some boobies? I guess you know what I mean. Like that was the whole thing. Him pressuring her to to take off her clothes to film it. Right. Once again, it's like this sort of aggressive male sex thing, uh, which is in this. I mean, 
like Ann said, he's not a horrible guy, but like that seems to be his biggest failing. I guess what I was confused about with this one was why in the first place are you taping this adventure? Because clearly they kept the tape. So it's not like they cut it off and said, here's kind of like a a trick to the police. Yeah. He gets murdered. Something must have happened to the girlfriend. Like, you know, if if they're thinking that far ahead that they're trying to escape, let's leave this tape of our adventures so that they know I have like some sort of alibi that we were all happy and getting along. But no, they'd bring the tape and then she says, did you erase it? Well, what was the point of the tape? All I can say is maybe, you know, she was trying to document from the get-go that they had a positive relationship, right, showing that. And then, you know, the, the fact that it was all on one tape, not so great, bad from police evidence, <laughs> but just so trying this, to create her alibi. This is the tortured logic that the found footage genre has to... Yeah. overcome right why are you taping this and why do you keep taping it and why is everybody putting <laughs> it on and why do you cut it when you cut it and why yeah. does, i mean it's just a part of the genre but it's i agree it, 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 it you know you just kind of have to go with it but um all right are we next one sure yes okay let's move on to the next one the next one is tuesday the 17th three friends joey spider and samantha accompany their new friend wendy on a camping trip joey films the group as wendy leads them through the woods occasionally mentioning accidents that took the lives of her friends when scanning certain areas images of mutilated bodies appear on the film wendy then tells them that a murderer killed her friends during a camping trip here the previous year but the group laughs it off as a joke spider and samantha leave the group and are killed by a human-like figure with a red head obscured in tracking errors named the glitch as identified in the end credits at the lake, Wendy tells Joey that she lured all three of them to the grounds to use as bait so she can find and kill the mysterious force. Wendy reveals that she has been to this lake before where a killer had slaughtered all of her friends and she was the only survivor. She notes that the police did not believe her when she said the killer could be in two places at once. The entity walks up behind Joey and slits his throat. Wendy runs away, luring the figure into two easily escaped booby traps and is cut by it in the second one. She films the entity close up, but it continues to be obscured by the tracking error. Wendy continues to run through the woods. She finds Joey in his death throes. After he dies, the figure approaches Wendy, and a final trap impales it. Wendy gloats at it and walks away, but then she turns around. It's gone. It reappears in a tree, jumps down, beats her with the camera, then slashes her stomach, subsequently eviscerating her and afterward violently inhabiting her body. There's a lot more information in that wiki oh than there was God. in the actual Violently thing. inhabiting her body, huh? Yeah, and no, she she shook beating, violently at the end. I don't really beating know. Beating her with the camera. Okay, didn't get that. Yeah, yeah I got I got the uh, beating with the camera, uh, but... That's the problem with found footage. And then this is like a bunch of, again, idiots go into the forest. And then this wiki is like, oh, they're a new friend, so-and-so. And you're like, oh, oh, are they new friends? Because I thought that, like, she was, like, the girlfriend of this dude, and she was longtime friends with that girl, and she invented, like, re- like invited this random dude. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I, you can tell I was not bought into this whole video. So what did you guys think about the bad guy, the glitch, and the tracking errors and not being able to see him? I thought the idea was original. If it, not sure it made any sense in the woods randomly, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, I just think when we start watching more of these, like as we get to this point, I'm like, oh, the story's really similar to Tucker and Dale, even though that's a comedy. And then the glitch thing kind of sort of seems like the peeping Tom from the butterfly kisses that we mentioned earlier. So like, although that one came later, so I could see there, this is more original, but 
I, like, I kind of have to say I did like this one. I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but I liked <laughs> this one. And I think it was because I thought, I think I came off of this one being more scared, but it also ended up being because I had to take my dog to the bathroom and I was outside <laughs> by myself after watching all these people get their throats cut. So that made it more scary for me that I had that interruption and I'm in the dark and by myself. I felt like this one was the worst acted, just the worst walkthrough. And I, but I did like the characters, like, um, what's his face? Like the, the boyfriend. Like, I was like, I like that guy. Like, he's cool. He seems like he'd be fun to go drinking with. He like, he seems, seems doofy. Cool. Yeah, like he, doofy, but really fun. Yeah, he, was I mean, like, he, he was like 5% douchey, but like 95% okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it seemed like this, this particular <laughs> one had uh, some protagonists versus just awful people doing awful things yeah, yeah, to other right. awful people. Right, it was some total assholes through and yeah. through. You were like, okay, all right, we can buy into this. We're going on a camping trip. But then, like, the whole premise was stupid. I don't know where we're going. Okay, we're going to go down here. Where are we going? Y'all are going to die. It was just so gimmicky. Well, yeah, and, and why, just, if you oh. already were attacked a year before by this guy you can't see, why go back? Well, she went back to get him. Well, but like, that's the but point. That's like, I mean, it the, didn't, it didn't but then really make sense to me. She had set up all these traps. And then what? How how did what? she set the traps up without the this question. guy? Yeah, so stupid. And then you're using these people as bait. Why don't you just go use yourself as bait, asshole? And how did she know the camera was going to work? Like, did she film the? I, well, there's just well, so many I, questions. I didn't. I didn't get the impression that they they couldn't see him. I got the impression she couldn't film him. Okay, because she does say. Because I guess I assume she couldn't see him because she says, "Why can't I get you on film?" So I agree, I, but yeah. but they did. But it's like the say lady. that they saw him. Yeah. Now my question is, she says, "Well, the police didn't believe me that he could be in two places at once." I didn't see in that story where he was at two places at once. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was just super fast. Yeah. He it just, was like the Flash. He was like uh, the not the, even uh, that fast. It was totally realistic in the fact that they portrayed it where he was and where he was going and how he popped up. I did not think there was anything listen, supernatural. You didn't think so? No, I did I, not think I so. I felt like with the throat slice. As I'm gesturing, throat slicing, fake person. <laughs> that like they would have get him. I know. Ah, uh, but like yeah, like they, the, you would have seen that coming more. I just because you're it. in the woods I, and you didn't hear anything. This I, whole thing was a stupid shit show. Let's be honest. This stupid bitch was like, I was here a year ago and I was hunted down and I survived. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go out in my spare time and I'm gonna set up some traps in the woods. And then you know what? Apparently, I'm not getting murdered while I'm out here setting up these traps. So I'm gonna recruit like three fake friends, lure them out here, and use them as quote unquote bait because heaven forbid this serial killer doesn't want to glitch, doesn't want to come after just me. So I'm gonna use these guys i was just so fucking stupid i'm sorry <laughs> this is the one i liked <laughs> i did feel like that he some had some sort of supernatural movement and then maybe that really he really didn't but that's how i felt with the glitching it's how it was filmed I mean, yeah. he was kind of like an evil version of the girl from wreck it ralph the sugar rush Penelope? girl that glitches when she's Princess Penelope. Yeah, when she's glitching. Penelope. Penelope. Yes, thank please you. get it right. Yes, I'm. I, <laughs> my apologies, Princess. So, Vanellope. so he was like some evil version of her. I felt like, or oh, so he was stupid. glitching just, through well, the world. She's the glitch, and he's the glitch. So I was. Ah, I just didn't like it. 
Yeah, I mean, once again, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, he kills everybody. Yeah. And yeah. there's really and not much just, to it. Yeah. There's like some guts at the end, which are gross. And that's yeah. and then so her body shakes, which I don't know what that means. They say it's inhabiting her body at the yeah, end. Yeah, I but assume I she was just dying with like, you know. I assume she was being some sort of glitched somehow because it oh. kind of seemed weird. I don't know oh. what that means. Okay, the only thing that I was, the only thing I was wondering about was, was the glitch like a virus and then every dead body was then inhabited. That was the only thing that I was like, okay, every dead body, not just her, but her boyfriend and all the fake friends, like was the glitch inhabiting them and then multiplying. And then that would make sense that they were in more place than one. Yeah, I don't know. But the the boyfriend, he died and didn't glitch. He just laid there. Right. For way longer than she did when she died and then started to shake. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. I also thought like he died originally and then you see him stumbling. Yeah, you know the the funny thing about the stumble to me is that you see him like walking, stumbling, but he steps over a branch very yes, deliberately, yes. and then like the actor had to step over that branch to keep going, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. That's what I mean, just like all the acting throughout this was horrible. It was amateurish. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'll admit it, it was amateurish. I forgave it because I think I knew it wasn't going to be like high quality. You guys were much nicer than I was. Although I will say I liked the boyfriend. So just whomever that actor was, I will just put that disclaimer out there. I liked you a lot. You were a cool dude. I think you acted your part well, all things considered. But yeah, no. All in, no, not delivered. All right, well, let's move on to the next story, which is the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger. This segment is shown through computer video chats. Emily talks to her boyfriend James, a trainee doctor, about a strange lump on her arm and how it reminds her of an accident she had when she was younger. After witnessing a small, childlike entity rush into her room and slam the door shut, Emily believes her apartment is haunted. Her landlord claims that no children have ever lived in the apartment, but Emily is unconvinced. During her next video chat with James, an increasingly frantic Emily digs into her arm with a scalpel to find out what the lump is, but James urges her to stop before the wound becomes infected. Emily attempts to contact the being, but it knocks her out. James quickly appears in her apartment and surgically removes an alien fetus from Emily's torso. Aliens are using Emily as an incubator for alien-human hybrids, and James has been working for them and removing the fetuses for some time. The aliens erase Emily's memory, and James mentions that the arm bump is a tracking device. In their next chat, a badly injured Emily believes she has sustained in her injuries after wandering into traffic in a fugue state. She reveals that the doctor James recommended has diagnosed her as a schizoaffective and tearfully says that James deserves better, a better, more normal girlfriend. He assures Emily that she's the only person he wants to be with, but once their chat ends, he begins a new chat with a different woman who has the same bump on her arm and also believes James is her boyfriend, showing that the aliens are using more than one person as an incubator. Now, before we get into it, that whole alien thing, I guess you can infer that with a tracking device, but that's a lot of information in this wiki that is not even clearly identified at all. I thought it was a kidney. I thought it was a fetus, but like an alien. I mean, I mean, if somebody said, "Hey," said the word X Files, and then showed me this, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's an alien fetus." Like, but out of the blue, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have to say, this is one of my other favorite ones. Oh, Helen. <laughs> sorry. I think Come on. I think it's because of the way it was done with the webcams. I enjoyed that. As far as the actual story in the alien part, like I didn't 
get that. I thought it was her back that they were pulling something out of. I didn't even know that was her abdomen. Agree. Let's just skip the stupid alien part because none of us picked up on that or understood. Like, it literally looked like a kidney. I thought they were kidney harvesting, which I was like, Jesus, how many kidneys is this girl going to give? But agree. Agreed. So, yeah, the mechanism of the webcams and the right, boyfriend the as the type, doctor. Yeah, I, I enjoyed all of that. And it really threw me off when there was the other girl. But, like, I just... That was the best part. The fact that he was doing this at scale. Right. That he was doing but because this I didn't understand victims. the alien concept, I think I was just like, right, what the F is going on? I thought they were doing human organ harvesting, which I thought was also cool. I mean, horrible, but cool. <laughs> and the, the fact that he was doing this at scale was a great twist. Yeah. Uh, that, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Well, I think the big the big shock, right, is when he comes through the door and he's like right there. That was so like, stupid because you like, see him on the shit. webcam and he looks shady. He looks like a shithead to begin with, quite honestly. He's the worst boyfriend ever, right? So he's talking about, oh, don't go to the ER. I'll be there in a week to check you out. I mean, the whole thing is so shady. The arm wound in and of itself I thought was horrible. Yeah, that's pretty gross. She's digging in But there. it wasn't like, it It wasn't realistic to me. Like, where's all the blood? Like, it was a perfect circle wound that you had, and then you try to get the pitchfork thingy, and you're going to dig in your effing arm? Like, that doesn't happen. You know? Well, well she's weird. Yeah, but there's no blood. She's been psychologically damaged. I felt like she had been picking at it for a while, but I agree to your point. Like, it's not effectively oozing. Yeah, it was. She drove that thing in there, and I'm like, there should be more fluids. Mm hmm. So I didn't. That was the one part where I was like, okay, it's a tracking device. She thought it was just a lump. She's trying to figure it out. I get now with the aliens, maybe she is messed up in the head at this point because they're probably erasing her memory to the point where things aren't kind of cohesively like memory working it isn't cohesive but i i don't know but i did like i did like the way it was filmed so what's interesting to me is once again out of these vignettes they decide to although the man isn't as sexually aggressive as some of the other people in the other vignettes they have two women get topless and they get some boobies on screen right and the first time, of course, you're, you know, it's it's at the very beginning and you think they're boyfriend and girlfriend and it, it's all on the up and up. And so it's not that bad. But at the end, when he's like getting the other girls taking her top off and he's like, yeah, you know, I, once again, it, it, I don't know that it needed that. And it added to the sort of weird misogynistic of male aggressive voyeuristic thing that was going on in the other vignettes as well. And like it's just an amplifying effect to me. So I had a problem with that piece of it. I feel like I'm I, at this point. I was like, you know, engaging in breathing exercises because I hated all of this so much. To your point, we exchanged the words about like the toxic masculinity that was just perpetuated throughout this entire movie, and it was just disgusting. Right, the male role models are disgusting. And, you know, the way that they use the females and it wasn't, there are so many more effective ways to do scary movies or alien invasion or like all these other things. There are so many other things you could have done, but you use women as your victims in every freaking film here. So like, 
I guess with this one, he didn't bother me so much because I don't think he was necessarily asking for them. No, no, I, and, and, and I don't mean I don't guess I, I don't mean it by the character. I right. mean it by the people who made the that films. story okay. decided to include topless women, right? And and the people who decided to include that story in the vignettes in the whole story, it, it's an amplifying effect across those to me when I watch the movie. And I think with this one, like the look on his face, I guess when she's on there with the broken arm. Like, I feel like it was starting to weigh on him what he was doing. I, I certainly think. So I feel like yeah. he was the one who was probably trapped oh, really? in this awful thing. Because I didn't think he felt like he didn't give a shit. Like, I thought when he was in the room, I was waiting for him to step on her ribs. And uh, when he was like, we've got to make it like look like an accident and broken bones. I was literally waiting for him to stomp her. But but I agree. I agree with Helen. I mean, the way he was like, how many times do you have to do this? Like the yeah. track, like he would, he didn't like what was happening. Obviously, he had the choice to go with it or against it. So, I mean, it doesn't well, they excuse answer, what they he's doing. Really but, but I'm saying you don't really know the whole point of it, right? Right. Maybe they were like, "We're going to kill her unless you do this." I, I don't know. But the point is, I did feel like he was not a completely willing participant in what was going on, which I guess gives him some right because he said, "If I do it one more time, I might kill her." And I think he was that that he was perfect, but yeah. he was at least. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Nervous about, I guess, proceeding. All right, let's go on to our last vignette, which is ten thirty one nineteen ninety eight. It's Halloween nineteen ninety eight. Chad, Matt, Tyler, and Paul dressed in Halloween costumes as the Unabomber, a pirate, a teddy bear implanted with an nanny cam, and a marine, respectively, head out to a Halloween party at a friend's house, only to end up at the wrong place. Sneaking inside, they begin to experience paranormal phenomena that they believe to be a realistic haunted house attraction, and they have fun with it. In the attic, they find several men gathered around a young woman whom they've suspended from the rafters, apparently performing an exorcism. The men are chanting, cast you down, and the boys exuberantly join in. One of the men reacts angrily to their presence and physically assaults the young woman. Some of the men are pulled upwards into the darkness by an unseen force. More violent, overtly threatening paranormal phenomena then, then begin to occur, and the boys initially flee before realizing that they should try to rescue the girl. Returning to the attic, the boys work to untie her and get her to the safety, as the house itself comes to life with poltergeist phenomena and ghostly arms rising from the walls and the floors to claim the lives of the woman's captors. Exiting through the basement, the boys pile into the car with the girl and drive away. The car abruptly stops and the girl disappears, reappearing in the street before them and walking away amid a flock of birds before they realize they've stopped on the train tracks. The boys attempt to get out of the car as the train approaches, but they are unable to unlock the doors. The screen starts to flicker with static and the train smashes into the car off camera, killing all inside. There's also an alternative ending, apparently. A joke ending was shot by Radio Silence in which the doors are unlocked and the boys get out just before the train smashes the car. They walk away and talk about how much fun they had and what a crazy night it was as the car explodes behind them. Of all of the vignettes, I liked this one the most because I liked the four men the most. They seemed to be generally cool guys. They were generally nice to each other. Obviously, they were drinking and partying, but there was no real shenanigans. They seemed, I don't want to say innocent, but like m much less malicious than the, some of the other characters in the other vignettes. I guess they were forgivable because they also tried to save the girl. Yeah. But I have to say, I didn't pick up that that was an exorcism. I thought they were just torturing the girl up there. Yeah, I didn't either really at first, uh, which probably should have considering the words they were saying, but I didn't really I pick that up. I was thinking cast you down is more of sinning. 
Like yeah, the, yeah, there think, was some religious weirdo thing going on and not I, an exorcism. I think that's what I thought as well. I thought they had her and they were trying to like torture her or something. She They were trying to cast her down, not cast some sort of spirit in her down. I don't know. I thought the same. Like, A, I thought that the dudes in this were the coolest. B, yes, I thought that it was more of like a haunted house. They had this rich friend that they were talking about, had rented out this medieval castle, and that it was all a gag. And then C, you know, it started as like this, you know, sitting of this girl, but then it turned into an exorcism. And all I can say is D, that I thought that this entire video was ruled by special effects, less by acting and plot. The one special effect I liked, even though it was it was gimmicky, but I liked it, was the door when the window, when the, it started to come together. And, you know, obviously it's just a, you know, a rigged up door. You know what right. I mean? But I don't know. I, just, I liked it for some reason. Yeah, that was a cool spe- special effect. That was a unique special effect, which I enjoyed. Then they had all the arms reaching out of the walls, which felt very gimmicky, which I didn't care for very much. I, But I get the idea that it was trying to drive the plot forward, and that was cool. So that's what I mean by that. I felt like this video in particular was ruled very much by was amazing special effects. They really did a great job with their CGI. Um, the dudes were cool. The, the plot was... Mm. Well, it's simple, right? They, they were all pretty simple. Right. Yeah. It makes more sense now why she left them in the car, that it was an exorcism. <laughs> It's like, that's so cool. They save you and you just leave them in the car to die. I thought the ending was super lame. Yeah. I thought like they get, they save this girl and she disappears and then she's in the car and then they get like theoretically run over by the train. I like the alternative ending that they get out and they're laughing about it because I thought that the meta, the idea that again, their buddy Justin, who you never see throughout this whole thing, could have theoretically orchestrated the whole thing, would have been way more intelligent. Yeah. Also, the one thing I liked about it is you you have the found footage and them getting into the car and driving to the party. And they spend a bit of time talking about where they're going to go, how they're get there, getting there. And usually in – it seems to me in a lot of these vignettes, the setup is – I don't want to say meaningless, but it's somewhat – padded just to kind of fill time i felt like this one what they were doing was they were masking the fact that they show you the train earlier where the train goes by them they're like oh my gosh we got to get there and like i didn't put any particular feeling on the train that time but if you really pay attention you're like that train's kind of weird like they usually have trains just randomly in in shows for and it comes back at the end so i appreciated that a little more than some of the other sort of padding in the other um, vignettes Anything else? I think I'm good. All right. Well, (laughs) Helen, why don't you take us through uh, Kill, Chill, and Thrill? Okay. So with Kill, Chill, and Thrill, you get to kill somebody that you can't stand. You get to chill with somebody you want to hang out with. You get to thrill with somebody you want to have sex with. So I think there's a lot of people who probably want to get killed in this one, but let's start with Ray. All right. I think that I would kill... The laughing dude bro in the first vignette. I mean, I would love to kill all the guys in the in the wraparound narrative, to be honest with you. But I've had to pick one guy. Like, that laughing dude was, man, he was crazy. He, and he annoyed me. So I'd probably kill him. Uh, who would I Who would I chill with? Um, you know what? I'd like to chill with the uh, boyfriend in the uh, vignette where they're up in the woods. Like, he seemed like a cool guy. I mean, he was obviously, you know, kind of muscular probably athletic but he didn't seem like a dick you know what i mean 
And so I, I think I'd like to chill with him. Obviously not in the woods, but, you know, back in the town or whatever. Uh, and then Thrill. Who would I like to thrill with? I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. If I had to pick anybody to thrill with, I'm going to go interesting. I would be the succubus. Because let's just see what's going on there. I mean, obviously she's a succubus. Like, sex is her thing. Like, Yeah, but the crazy eyes. I mean, you know. She you, had some crazy <laughs> eyes. I mean, I'm not. I mean, maybe it wouldn't Hot. be done facing to face. I don't know. Maybe hey. there'd be something else. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm just saying, I'm being interesting. Maybe, yeah, sorry. <coughs> We've never really discussed like positionality in, in the scheme of things, but I guess if that's going to help you pick it, then go for it. All right. That's fair. And you're up. All right. I, I'm going to kill basically every dude in this entire fucking movie. I'm just going to combine chill and thrill together, and all I'm going to choose is like the set of dudes in the 98 video. All the other dudes get killed, the guys in the last video, I'm going to hang out with them, and I'm going to bang whoever's available. So I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) I haven't thought about this at all. So (laughs) um, I guess I would kill the girlfriend of the girlfriend who put the toilet like the toothbrush in a toilet bowl because that's the just toothbrush and toilet really bothered you up. okay it really right. did that's it that goes in your mouth like there's feces in that bowl like i no, you don't do that doesn't please tell me none of you have ever done it and because i know you do some shady things <laughs> uh i have not yet scrubbed a toilet bowl with somebody else's toothbrush okay i guess i know you did the poop bag so Right, the flaming bag of poop. That's unconfirmed. Yeah. Unconfirmed. Yeah. <laughs> no, cannot. Neither deny nor confirm. So chill, God. Um, I guess I would uh, chill with the boyfriend in the woods, jock, semi jock. I don't no, know. No, that's yeah, really Ryan, like my guy. We're chill yeah, together. Yeah, okay. he was cool. All, yeah, I didn't want to have said he was like super in shape, but whatever. He's he's still cool. Yeah. And I guess I would thrill nanny cam guy. The the. Teddy bear. Yeah. Because, like, you don't see him. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, they were a cool set of dudes. Yeah. Okay, enough. Yeah, let's end this. All right. Well, now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill, and to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. The first is technical composition, which represents how well the movie's made, including the script, directing, cinematography, acting, and effects. Second is impact, which represents how well the movie accomplished its emotional intent. Was it scary or funny? Did it make you question mankind or the nature of your reality? And third is enjoyment, which is pretty simple. How much did you enjoy the movie? Would you watch it again? Do you never want to watch it again? So our rating scale goes from a 1 to a 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. All right. And why don't you give us your three scores? All right. Really quickly, I felt that technical was generally well executed. I mean, I hated the acting, all things considered, but you know I I really focus on special effects and uh, costumery and um, settings and gosh, I mean, all that was very real and all that was really well done. So generally, all things considered, I'm going to give this an eight for technical um, for impact, uh, 
Like I so struggled with the fear factor, which you guys know that I love versus just the really obnoxious misogyny, just sexism. I just want to kick all these dudes in the balls. So I'm going to give impact like a four and then enjoyment. uh, Obviously you can tell I don't want to watch this again. I wouldn't, really wouldn't recommend this to friends generally. I mean, maybe if pressed, we would put this one on, but I'm going to give it a three. All right, Helen. Okay, so for technical, I guess I would have given it a five. I just, the plot holes, I had so many questions that just were not answered and it didn't kind of like help with the movie. It didn't make me think that the movie was better because there were so many questions. For impact, I thought I was scary enough you know maybe it was the dog walking that terrified me because you know you're out in the dark by yourself but just thinking about what was happening to these people so i get that a seven so for enjoyment i would give it a two because i would really like to never watch this again it was bad for technical i'm gonna give it a four Uh, found footage whatever shaky cam cool i can do that with my iphone for impact i'm gonna give it a four there were a couple scary parts in a couple of these vignettes but overall i don't think the point they were trying to make was look at these dude bros and how misogynistic they can be in all these vignettes i don't think that was the point so the impact was not there for me and for enjoyment i'm going to give it a two i will not watch this movie again not willingly if it's on tv and somebody else is watching it and makes me sit down and watch it sure cool but i won't pick this movie up again I apologize to you ladies for potentially misrepresenting what this movie was because I had forgotten sort of what was going on in it. Um, I want to say part two is better. I don't know. I won't be picking it anytime soon. So that's it. Uh, And why don't you crank the old calculator and see what we got? Okay. First, I just want to say is your apology is accepted. Thank you. All right, so ranking-wise, VHS, oof, really ranked in here. So funny enough, Helen and I actually ranked VHS exactly the same score at a whopping 4.67, so really just below average. And Ray, you kind of hashed into this one a little bit, ranking it a 3.33, bringing VHS to a grand total of a 4.22. Ouch! Yeah, well, that that's good. That's it, it belongs down at the bottom of the hill. I mean, the only movies that it is better than are 13 Ghosts, Evil Dead 2, and Mara, which I would personally watch any of those movies 100 times over before I watch VHS. Yeah, I mean, you guys give me a lot of shit for selecting 13 Ghosts, and I would watch that any day over this movie yeah, again. Yeah, 13 Ghosts was fun to watch. I mean, it wasn't all yeah. that, but it was fun to it watch. Was, it was shit, but it was good enough. Yeah. I mean, at least Bram Stoker's Dracula beat it. I think when you look at how we rated things too, like enjoyment factor to for me was the same for VHS and 13 Ghosts, so I put a two. But 13 Ghosts and Evil Dead, if I was drunk, I would totally watch it again and probably have a good time. Mara, not so much. But VHS, I don't being drunk isn't gonna help that movie. <laughs> I, I mean, look, the copious amount of boobs didn't help that movie. No. In my uh, mind. Exactly. Well, and, I and, thought, that's a, and that's I a freaking that shame. Thing. That's yeah. a freaking shame. The, the boobs in Bram Stoker's Dracula did help that movie, in my opinion. They were better boobs. They were higher quality. 
Yeah, and it was like erotic boobs instead of like voyeuristic boobs. Anyway, that's neither neither here nor there. You know, I'm not going to lie. Ray, I thought you were going to come in pretty high on this movie. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that you're the lower ranking. Yeah. Individual. Listen, when it comes to found footage versus boobs, obviously found footage weighs more because I was like, this is not, I don't like this. All right. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Give us a shout out to tell us how we're doing or to suggest movies to review. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us at host.hth at gmail.com. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I am your host, Ray Richards. And on behalf of my co-host, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.